Hi everyone, and welcome to Clean Beauty School. I am your host, Alexandra Engler. Today, we are going to be talking about a handful of topics within skincare, but one that we spend a lot of time is bridging the gap between modern skincare and holistic traditions. In the current beauty space, or at least the online beauty space, there seems to be two very distinct camps. One for the quote-unquote clean, natural, and holistic lovers, and one for the quote-unquote modern skincare users. It can feel like if you enjoy alternative practices and modalities, then you are somehow anti-science. Or if you love your department store bought serum, you also can't love a DIY hack. Which we know this is an artificial distinction that's exacerbated by the nature of social media. In reality, it's so common for people to live a more balanced life between the two. I know myself to live that way. I may use about 95% a clean beauty routine, and I've gotten very good with my mindfulness practices over the years, but I'm absolutely open about how I am not the cleanest eater or I don't move my body as much as I should. That's just how people live their lives. Unfortunately, because social media removes all nuance, it seems like, we tend to think that people have to be one or the other. In today's episode, I chatted with dermatologist who I think perfectly straddles the line between holistic and mainstream. Dr. Mamina Turagano is a triple board certified MD. She's also getting a certificate in integrative dermatology. Recently, she's become quite popular on both Instagram and TikTok, where she regularly recommends both drugstore finds and DIY hacks. Mamina, welcome. Mamina, welcome. Thank you. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. I feel like you are such a perfect guest for Mind Body Green, just based on following you and kind of understanding your career. But I would like our audience to get to know you a little bit better so they can understand why I think you are such a natural fit for this podcast. Please tell us about yourself. You know, what is your career? How did you decide you wanted to become a dermatologist? Well, thank you so much for having me on here. And I do have to say, I've been a longtime fan of Mind Body Green, like probably since 2013 or so. Okay. Um, years. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm thrilled to be here. But yes, so I, I am a dermatologist. I practice mostly general dermatology. I also practice something called dermatopathology, which is looking at skin biopsies. I practice in the New Orleans area and I decided that I wanted to go to med school when I was in college. I was really torn between going to allopathic or conventional medical school versus a naturopathic medical school. I was so interested in looking at things like nutrition and stress in the mind and how that can play a role with healing and health. And, you know, I was really torn, but I, I, I learned that there, there were like integrative medicine fellowship programs for physicians who, who train in regular medical schools, who wanted to, who wanted to do more of an integrative approach that there were opportunities after medical school. So I was like, okay, great. I'm going to take that route. I'm going to go to medical school, do family medicine, and then do an integrative medicine fellowship and focus on that. Cause I really wanted to also have a strong foundation in medicine and science. And I just assumed going to an allopathic medical school would do that for me. And then when I was in medical school, you know, I was planning on just going into primary care. But when I was doing my internal medicine rotation, I was doing it in a subspecialty called rheumatology, which focuses a lot on autoimmune diseases, which I do have a very strong interest in. And, you know, in rheumatology, there's a lot of overlap with autoimmune conditions and skin issues. And so I was really drawn to these autoimmune patients who had these skin issues like lupus. And there's something called scleroderma where your immune system attacks your collagen and your skin gets like really tight and it's so uncomfortable. And I just had an affinity towards these patients and it made me realize, oh, wait, maybe I am interested in dermatology. I think I was like not really, you know, I, with dermatology, I thought it was just like a mostly cosmetic focused type of field. But dermatology is like very broad. There's a lot of complex medical skin issues. And there's also a little bit of surgery. There's pediatrics. There's also pathology because we have to know what everything, what we have to know what all skin diseases and cancers look like under the microscope. 
So I was like, actually, this is the perfect field. And so that's how I ended up going into dermatology. But I still always had this bent towards taking a holistic approach. So I'm actually currently doing a fellowship called Integrative Dermatology. It's only for certified dermatologists. I'm very excited about it. It's a nine-month program. I actually just got back last week from our one-week um, intensive lecture series that was out in Sacramento. I'm very excited. We finish in February, I think. So yeah, so that's where I am now. I love that. And you obviously do take skincare from a holistic and well-rounded approach. And, you know, I'm curious, how how does that influence your skincare and beauty philosophy? Do you have a philosophy that you kind of subscribe to? Yeah, I, I would say first of all, you know, when it comes to caring for your skin and doing things to, you know, have your skin look healthy or youthful or anything like that, I really want to emphasize with patients and any of my followers on social media that it's really optional. Don't feel like you have to do these things, that you have to meet whatever standards are out there. The goal is for you to feel comfortable in your own skin. So if some if that pimple doesn't bother you, like don't worry about it. It's not going to kill you. So that's one of the main things I do like to emphasize. I feel like so many people feel like they need to you know, use a retinoid. They have to use vitamin C. Now I am definitely very much pro sunscreen because it does prevent skin cancer. And, and of course I, I'm, I love skincare and will recommend it, but I don't think people have to use it. Now, the second thing that I also have in my philosophy is that, you know, to have healthy skin, of course, it's important to have a wonderful skincare routine, but I think that Taking care of the inside, having a healthy body is also important for skin health. The skin, I do believe, is a reflection of your internal state as well. So whether it is like eating nutritiously or, you know, you know, being mindful, decreasing stress in your life, I do like to emphasize that with patients and even talk about like supplements too that can help with, that can help with, you know, staying youthful. How does this all influence how you work with people on a one-to-one -one level? So say I come in and, you know, I am a 31-year-old who is starting to care about aging skin in a little bit more meaningful way. So like, how do you talk to, how would you talk to me? How do you talk to your patients about all this stuff? Just because I do think it is a, a unique approach that not, not all dermatologists take. Yeah. Well, I start off sounding like, you know, your everyday dermatologist. You know, when you come in, I I go through, you know, what skincare products you're currently using and seeing what's okay to continue. And then I come up with a list or a plan of skincare products or potentially prescriptions that I think would meet your needs. And then, so, you know, I think most dermatologists do that. You know, maybe I might recommend certain procedures, whether it's like lasers, chemical peels, Botox, whatever. And, you know, once I talk about that, then, you know, I will also talk about foods that can play a role with skin health, whether it's acne or anti-aging, as well as supplements, too. You obviously balance this very holistic teaching, but complemented with the more standard modern day practices, just kind of like you described. Mm -hmm. Why was that important to you to really bring those things together? Was there a reason that you really wanted to bridge these together and why you wanted to make it your career? Can you point to something? Yeah, well, there's, I feel like many kind of revelations along my path. I think I was always interested in taking a holistic approach. Actually, I, I have to attribute a lot of that to my mom because <laughs> she would use a lot of, you know, funny little random like Japanese traditional, you know, healing techniques and, and medicines and whatnot with us. And that kind of got me into that mindset of like using more quote, like natural things. But, you know, as I've gotten more into medicine and just prescribing so many prescriptions and seeing like a lot of side effects from prescriptions and prescribing also a lot of topical products, you know, I'm seeing that, that you know, especially with just topical products, it's really, it's really just covering one part of the patient's health. And so when, when, when we prescribe medicines, it helps diminish, like for, for topical products, it diminishes, diminishes the appearance of the rash or acne or improves your, your wrinkles. And if, if you're, 
you know, dealing with inflamed rashes or acne, there's pills that can help calm that down. But with those things, there are some potential side effects. And also a lot of times, you know, especially with pills, they're, they're most of the time, they're just a temporary solution. They're just a band-aid. Of course, it's amazing to have these prescriptions at my disposal because because it has alleviated so much suffering. People are just walking around so thankful for these prescriptions. But what I'm also seeing is a lot of times if we stop them, their issues come right back. Or sometimes people get side effects from them. So we, so we, so we need to stop them. Or if your immune system is suppressed, it's not something that I can keep people on for a long time. And so it it's actually has made me really frustrated as a physician. And I'm like, I, I wish that I had more tools um, at my disposal to to really help heal the person like in a more broad, holistic way so that they don't have to rely on prescriptions or, you know, deal with side effects. So of course, I'll go through, go through diagnosis. I'll go through prescriptions. I want people to feel comfortable. I want people to, you know, feel confident in their skin and kind of get rid of rashes, acne, all that, you know, as soon as possible. But I also just it also helps me too so that they don't keep coming back with issues to really address okay what's going on like is is everything in your gut balanced is everything okay are you being exposed to like various you know allergens or toxins that could be like you know kind of stressing your immune system what's your diet like can we make some changes so that you can heal yourself while we kind of temporarily patch your symptoms with prescriptions so i kind of try to take both of those approaches with patients. I love that so much because, you know, I I agree with you too. And like, I am somebody who, you know, definitely grew up with acne, who did, you know, a lot of the very traditional approaches to treating acne when I was young. And while I don't necessarily um, subscribe to those now or like, you know, I, I look back, for example, I was on antibiotics for two years. I look back on that and I kind of cringe because we, we know now that's probably not great to be on antibiotics that long. Yeah. However, you know, at the time, my acne made me feel horrible about myself, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'm not saying that people should go on antibiotics for acne. However, I do agree with you in, in the sense that you can use these prescriptions to help people feel better about themselves and while also incorporating in the long run because at the end of the day, why not use every approach that you can, you know, like why not go in and use your diet, use stress relief, use sleep, because even if it doesn't heal your skin, hey, at least you feel better. Yeah. And it's probably helping some other aspect of your life. Mm -hmm. Totally. Like, oh, shoot. Now I sleep eight hours a day. Darn. Like, right, right. Like, well, now I'm not not having migraines and joint pain. (laughs) Exactly. Like, I, so I couldn't agree with you more. I think that is such a beautiful way to look at skincare and health in general. But, you know, I'm curious because this is a very nuanced approach. And how how do you find that that stacks up with other people in your field? Do you feel that this is more common now? Or do you feel that you do have to kind of fight against the grain to get people to understand your your point of view? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's really tough because, yeah, we are trained in medical school and in Durham residency to, yeah, provide prescriptions and tell people that it's really genetics and really we don't know why people have it. And for the longest time, even like, you know, we were taught that diet doesn't play a role in acne. And so a lot of it is, I think, just kind of this tradition of medical medical education and Things are evolving, though. So so I think a lot of derms, yes, just focus on skincare, what you put on your skin and, you know, prescriptions. But and I thought I was kind of alone in venturing out and taking this more holistic approach. But but I would say that there are definitely derms out there who are very much interested in, you know, like looking outside the box and and really incorporating other things besides prescriptions and skincare. And I was really inspired because I was at this inner because I'm also part of this integrative dermatology fellowship cohort and we all met up at this conference and it was amazing. I'm like, okay, other like-minded derms who think like this, you're all like really frustrated with the system. We're like, these patients are getting better. We don't feel like they're getting the full care that they deserve, but we're, we're but we're limited in our knowledge, um, what we're trained in. And so, 
so, you know, we're realizing more and more that, that, yeah, that it really does help to look at other things. And we did learn a lot about how, yeah, how there are definitely trends in like differences in the gut microbiome with different skin issues and really learning how to address that in our patients too. So we are huge fans of talking about the gut and skin microbiome here, which I am sure you are well acquainted with if you are a regular listener. There is still so much we don't know about both, but we do know that gut permeability, which can happen with a weak gut microbiome, can cause inflammation to show up in all areas of the body. When your gut lining is weakened, particles are able to seep through and wreak havoc. It also triggers a cascading hormonal reaction. Between the hormones and the inflammation, we then see the effects on the surface. If you have an inflammatory skin condition like rosacea, you'll likely see flare-ups. It can also trigger acne, psoriasis, and eczema. Or just constant low-grade inflammation can lead to a weakened skin barrier over time, leading to increased skin sensitivities. Finally, all of this can just cause collagen and elastin to break down and just show general signs of premature aging. Um, I'm super excited about that. So because you approach skincare from so many different angles and you also approach it through different lenses, a holistic lens, a more modern lens, you know, et cetera, how do you kind of sift through all of the, all of the noise to figure out what actually works and what actually you want to recommend to your patients? That probably seems challenging to me. Yeah, it it can be tough, but I think that with practice, it's it's gotten a little bit better. So with every patient, I kind of feel them out a little bit initially, like just to, you know, most patients expect from a physician that they'll get a prescription. So usually that's that's kind of what I expect with most patients. But I I do see that patients are looking for other things. So so I try to feel the patient out a little bit. You know, like you know, are you interested in supplements? Are you interested in looking at other things? So that's, that's the first thing I do. And then, you know, I always, of course, go to things that I know works, that there's, there's evidence um, behind the practices, whether it is certain prescriptions or like using a retinoid for anti-aging. I really, I really go to the, to the standard of care initially with all my patients. And then when it comes to going beyond that, if they're, if they're receptive and they want to, you know, supplement advice or nutrition advice, you know, I will go to the, I'll, I'll give advice that I know has the most evidence behind it. And that I know that has worked with my patients in the past. So I'll start there. Okay. I'm curious. Can I just ask a follow-up here? What are some of the supplement or nutritional tips that you recommend people? Yeah, it it sort of depends on the condition, but for sure, acne, there is actually a a whole variety of supplements that can be beneficial, but, and, and there's nutrition advice too. I would say with nutrition, the two, the, the two pieces of advice that I give that I think have the most evidence behind them is minimizing or avoiding dairy and minimizing and avoiding sugar or, or, you know, processed carbs. So it doesn't necessarily have to be sweet. We call them like the white foods, like white bread white flour based foods and then of course like white sugar and then milk is white so the white foods and when it comes to supplements there is a lot of evidence with zinc so that is something I do recommend often there's also pretty good evidence with certain probiotics so I'll go into that and then there's another antioxidant type of vitamin called um, niacinamide well that gets in a lot of skin care too so I'll start with those Mm-hmm. And then like psoriasis, you know, a lot of evidence is behind a Mediterranean based diet and in certain people. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So just taking a pause here to chat about the Mediterranean diet, which is basically just a food philosophy and eating style that mimics those who live in the Mediterranean. It includes antioxidant rich fruits, vegetables, whole grains, beans, legumes, nuts, seeds, olive oil, herbs, and spices. It also promotes regular consumption of omega-3 rich fish and seafood and weekly consumption of poultry, eggs, cheese, and yogurt. The diet limits red meat, sweets, and other processed foods. It has many, 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 many health benefits and apparently for those with psoriasis too. 
a 2018 study found that the diet helped slow the progression of the skin disease. And then it's in certain people, it's actually helpful to go gluten free. There's a blood test that we can do to determine whether or not you would benefit going on a gluten free diet if you have psoriasis, which is really interesting. And then and then in terms of supplements, vitamin D and omega threes have been found very helpful. Yeah. Are there any more, quote unquote, modern skincare tips, advice that are often given out by experts now that you just you don't agree with that you're like, no, that's not the way to do it. Like we're, we're giving out bad advice and you'd rather default to a more holistic. Is there anything that comes to mind? Well, I don't know if this is necessarily like skin care, but, but in terms of it tr- treating skin diseases and skin conditions, I sort of have a pet peeve when a lot of doctors and dermatologists just automatically say, oh, it's because of your genetics. You have this because it's your genetics. Yeah. And so I, I do think that it's just like sort of an easier cop-out explanation. Of course, I think genetics plays a huge role, but it's I, to me, it's like genetics plus like something that, that's, that activates that gene in the environment. And then another sort of pet peeve of mine is, and this is just, I think, just how medicine is, but, you know, so many diseases that have inflammation rashes so the what our go-to is medications that suppress inflammation, which can potentially suppress the immune system. And I don't know, to me, it just seems so it's, don't get me wrong. I'm so thankful for these medicines because they could at least like temporarily make the person comfortable and just feel better in their skin. I think there's a huge and important role for these, but, you know, physicians typically will rely on these for people to just stay on sort of indefinitely. And you know, to me, when I, when I see like inflammation, rashes, acne, whatever in the skin, I feel like it's the body screaming. They're like, hey, like something is off and we need help. But instead we're like, Shh, just be quiet here. Just let's just calm the, just calm it or let's just put out the fire with, um, or it's not really even putting out the fire. It's like just sort of calming the fire with, with these medicines, but the fire is still there. Those approaches sort of, sort of bug me a little bit. I, I, I still think there's a role for these medicines. Absolutely. You know, I think there is a role for everything <laughs> on some level, especially in, you know, modern medicine. But I want to go back to this genetic point that you brought up. I think this is so fascinating because I I feel like I hear this all the time too. I feel like we're just inundated with this idea of the skin that we're born with is kind of the skin that we are somehow stuck with. But that's not always like I, we have more control over our skin than we are necessarily taught to believe. Is that, am I reading that correctly from what you've said? Yes, definitely. I think we have more control than we realize. So, you know, how do you encourage people to kind of take some of that control back? Is it just about education? You know, how do you, how do you empower people to, to understand this point? Because I, I think for so long, we've just told people that no, 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 no. And like, there's not what you can do. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, so I, so yes, exactly. I try to educate people and just make them more aware, you know, that this is not like a sentence that they're given to live with for the rest of their life. And I just try to like sort of plant a bug in most, because a lot of my patients like just have no idea. They're just like, I have this rash, give me a pill for it or give me a medicine for it. And it keeps coming back. They're like, why does this keep coming back? And so I'll just like go through the list. You know, I'm like it could be so many, there could be so many things going on. Yes, genes can be playing a role, but is it stress? Is it something that you're eating? Is it something that you're breathing? Is there, you know, like stuff like mold toxin, allergens, you know, is it like something else that you could be allergic or sensitive to? Is there an imbalance in your gut microbiome? Yeah. Just just going through the list and people are like, whoa, like didn't even think about any of those things. I actually don't ever think about like mold and breathing in terms of skin. Is there a connection there? Yes, potentially. So I think genes also play a role, too, because some genetic types can be very susceptible to mycotoxins, you know, from the mold. And so, yeah, but I mean, it can certainly cause like random rashes. Yeah. Fascinating. Wow. I, I, to your point, I did not think about that. So we have talked about, you know, some of the more modern skincare philosophies that you don't necessarily agree with. 
But on the flip side, what are the like holistic tips that you see that you are like, we got to stop saying this, people? Are there anything? Yeah, you know, I'm there, sure there are a lot. <laughs> are, yes, yes. I am all about like keeping things like, quote, clean, natural, all that. But there are some like DIY things that I'm just like, no, that's not good for you. <laughs> like, like, you know, yes, some foods are safe to put on your face, but some can actually be pretty harsh, like lemons. Yeah can be very harsh. Some people are like, no, use that to brighten your skin. But, you know, that can also cause damage to your skin barrier and things like apple cider vinegar. I actually do like apple cider vinegar for certain things, but I think it's really important to dilute it, not use like straight apple cider vinegar. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's using those types of things. And a lot of people are like, you know, you should use, you should use this instead of the prescription. But the thing is with a lot of food products, I was, I'm laughing because my mom recommends a banana peel, which I do want to talk about later, but, but, but in general, you know, I, and I think it's okay to use foods on your face if it's safe and like cheap, if you already have it lying around in your house. But, but it's the thing with food is that you can get so much more benefit in skincare products where there's a higher concentration of that antioxidant or of that active ingredient without like the potential side effects and it's also been tested and we and like regulated and and consistent so you know with foods it's like it's so variable we write about diy stuff a lot but there are some diy stuff that i'm like absolutely not (laughs) we can't put that on this website and definitely fruit acids are top of that list (laughs) yeah 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 Social media has obviously changed the way people are taking care of their skin and learning about their skin. You obviously have a presence on social media. I So, you know, I'm curious, what are, what's the good and the bad of it? Are you, are you finding that, basically, how are you enjoying it? I mean, do you feel that it has, it's a good learning opportunity for people? Yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, I think with, with, Initially, with the pandemic, people were staying home and people were just more like just, you know, concerned about like self-care and they were using skincare as part of their self-care routine, which I thought was awesome. And I think in general, you know, there's just becoming more awareness. There's more education. There's more like board certified dermatologists giving skincare advice. So there's more like evidence-based advice instead of like, you know, somebody saying, oh, just use this use this product, it will help. But like, I think that there's education explaining why this ingredient is important. What's the evidence behind this ingredient? And what I think is amazing is that I think so many more people are wearing sunscreen now because of social media. I think it's not really considered like a sexy or glamorous skincare product, but I think now people are like, yes, we are so pro sunscreen. So I'm really happy about that. And in terms of like the bad sides, I do that. I do think that there can be Mis- there can be misinformation. I think a lot of people like to talk about skin. So I think it's just important to be careful, like, you know, to know who you're following, where they're getting their information from. You know, on social media, I do think that people feel that they need to be all in on one point of view in terms of taking care of their skin. Like you are either fully holistic and you don't believe in like anything besides like what you can grow in your own garden or you are like fully mainstream and you're like all I want to do is Botox and I just feel like it's hard to find people who are in who are in the middle and I consider myself somebody who is you know pretty in the middle on a lot of this stuff I I practice holistic teachings and I also do some mainstream stuff and I'm curious do you find that finding that balance is hard in kind of this polarizing skincare environment or do you not find it polarizing at all? I guess I'm just, I'm projecting at this point. I think it's a little polarizing. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I agree. It is polarizing, but I'm like you. I I like to find the balance with both. I think there's so many benefits to both sides for sure. And, and it's actually one of my missions is to really is to really integrate everything and to to be like the middleman and be like, hey, like there is a good, like both sides are good. Let's let's focus, let's emphasize on the good aspects of of these approaches to health. When it comes to mainstream, you know, advice, a lot of it is it's mainstream because there is a lot of science that has been has backed it up. There has been a lot of experience with it. And then when it comes to the holistic stuff, I am so I'm a, such a huge 
proponent of looking at these other aspects because, you know, you know, I think there's a lot of people who say, oh, you know, these chemicals are fine. Don't just don't listen to them. Like just it's fine to use these chemicals. But I think it's important to bring awareness to to, you know, whatever ingredients, you know, if it was reported to have led to a skin issue or like cancer or whatever, I think that we should bring awareness to it. And even if there's not enough evidence behind it, maybe it'll force researchers or scientists to look more into parabens or, you know, some other type of ingredient. So, you know, this, we're living in an epidemic, like increased obesity, um, increased, you know, cardiovascular disease, cancer. There's the like hypothyroidism has just been on the rise. I heard like a year or two ago, like levothyroxine, which is or synthroid in the medicine for thyroid disease, it was like the number one prescribed medicine that year. And so wow. like how it just makes you think like what is going on? Infertility is on the rise, you know? So it's like, what is going on? Like we I feel like we need to pause and see what is going on in our environment, whether it's agriculture, prescription, skincare, like environmental toxins, like what is going on? with our world, our society, and with all this disease that we're getting. I mean, I think there's, it's a very loaded question because it's, it's complex. I think there's so many aspects to that (laughs) with the way like our world has evolved. There's so many things going on, but I just think that we can't ignore that at all. Um, Sure. I mean, acne has been on the rise and something's going on. It's not just. Sensitive skin is on the rise. Sensitive skin is on the rise. Mm-hmm. So I hope it, that we can really integrate both sides. Yeah. Yeah. It, you know, it's it's just it's hard to acknowledge all of this, I think. And so people just choose to stick with what they know. You know, it's like it's that common saying. It's like better to have the devil that you know rather than the devil that you don't, which I, I, I don't know if I agree with. But <laughs> but, you know, I think people don't want they don't want to explore and they don't want to think about that what they put on their body, you know, could be having these negative effects. How So, you know, how do you talk to people about this stuff? And do what do you think the rule of like advocating for this stuff is? Do you think that we should be chatting about it more? Do you think that dermatologists should be chatting about it more with their patients? Yes, definitely. I mean, sometimes I feel like it's an uphill battle trying to, trying to, you know, talk to patients about it because, you know, we only see so many patients a day. Sure. But yeah, I mean, with this integrative dermatology fellowship program, you know, we are a group of dermatologists. We're like, okay, you know, let's let's send the message out to you know our following and our patients. So I think you know, starting you know with with smaller groups, I think we can expand. But yeah, sometimes I feel like you know what, something just needs to be done on like the government level because <laughs> sure, like so many policies that don't allow for like healthy eating. You know, just with the way like you know like GMOs and agriculture, everything, you know, who knows, you know, pesticides, all that stuff. It's like something needs to be done, I think, on like a higher level. But yes, I do think that it, it, it does help for at least for, for physicians to talk to their patients, for physicians to have organizations, to bring more awareness. Yeah. Those types of things. And if we have social media, bring awareness with our social media following. So, you know, to go back to a little bit of a lighter note, but one that is still social media, I know that you do best skincare tips from your mom on social media. It is so fun. So I, I have to bring it up here. Can you share some of those that have resonated the most with people? Yeah, yeah. There's been a few of them. I would have to say, so I brought those up earlier. So my first viral video ever on TikTok was my mom rubbing a banana peel on her face. She just started doing it out of the blue. We were we were on a trip together and we were after breakfast, there was banana peel left over and she just started using it on her face. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to record this. And and I asked her like, where did you even learn about this? She's like, I just did it on my own. I, I didn't read about it or hear about it anywhere. So I just like love that she just like made up or just, she just even thought to use a banana peel on her face. But I just thought it was really interesting that she did that. And so it, like it got me to like look up, I tried to look to see if there's any research about the benefits of banana or banana peels. And I was really surprised to see that there were a lot of awesome nutrients in bananas that did have skin benefits. So I was like, okay, I can be, I can be for this because it's, it's easy, it's cheap. And unless you're allergic to bananas, it's harmless. And you know, I don't think it should replace your skincare, but it's just something fun. You know, if you eat a banana, if, and if, 
you know, <laughs> you're at home and you have access to a sink in 20 minutes. Yeah, go ahead and and rub a banana peel on your face. And after I, you know, doing that, like it made me realize that my mom is an awesome way for me to express my love for like holistic, you know, natural integrative stuff um, while also, you know, providing like a science or evidence bent to her videos or the, the videos that we make together. And so with any video that she does, I, I try to, pr to present the evidence behind why a banana peel would be good for your face or why onion skin tea is healthy. So yeah, so, uh, so other videos that have resonated with people. Yeah. Another one was like onion skin tea where you just, I need to hear more about this one. <laughs> yeah. My mom was just doing that. So she would like save the onion skin from the onions and she emphasized that it has to be organic onions because it's like the out, it's the outside of the onion. Okay. And she's, she was, she said, yeah, just wash the skin. Actually, it helps and let it sit out in the sun for a little bit or like by a window, wash the skin and boil it for, you know, 15, 20, 30 minutes. And I was, she didn't really know why it's beneficial. So I was like looking up in PubMed. I was like, okay, onion skin, like what are the nutrients in it? And one of the biggest components of onion skin is an ingredient or, you know, an antioxidant called quercetin. And mm, yeah, of course. Yeah, which has so many wonderful like anti-inflammatory benefits, just also good just for various health issues. And and so I was like, okay, there's something to this. And yeah, so so people really like that. That's a really cheap and easy thing to do. A lot of people have onions in their home. Two other videos I was just thinking that that went viral, like millions of views. There was one of her using something called the Chi Machine where I think it was from Japan originally, I can't remember. And, and you just set your feet on this machine, you're lying down, your seat on this machine. And, and like, it, it has like this kind of figure of eight rotation to it. So your whole body is like wobbling because your, your feet are on propped on this thing that's okay. like wobbling around and it's supposed to just like promote circulation. It's kind of like ridiculous looking, but it does feel amazing. I have to admit, I do love using it. So yeah, so people really love that. And then there was another video I did of her using a dry brush. Yeah. I mean, that's so that a row dry brush. I'm a, I, I am pro dry brush. I think it's great. I am too. But why are, why do you like a dry brush? I feel like I haven't actually talked about dry brushing much on this podcast, weirdly, even though I do it all the time. Yeah. I mean, I have, there's a couple of reasons why I like it. One, I mean, I think just the, the act of sort of stimulating your skin with this brush and you're supposed to like kind of brush towards your heart. So starting with like your feet and your legs and your arms, like it's the movement is towards your heart and it's supposed to like, you know, boost circulation. And I'm noticing like this theme, a lot of my mom's tips like are all about boosting circulation. And, but what, you know, and what I also just find interesting is that we don't really like touch our skin. I mean, I guess if you're putting a moisturizer, but like, I almost feel like it's really a form of like self-care. Like you're paying attention to parts of your body that you might not normally pay attention to regularly. And it's almost like, I don't know. You're just acknowledging, hey, you exist, you know, yeah, uh, and 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 caring for it, which I think can be very nurturing and healthy for the body. We just don't care enough for ourselves, and mm -hmm. it, you know, it's it doesn't hurt you to take a few minutes out of the day and yeah, appreciate your own skin. It does a lot for us. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, so speaking of taking care of your skin. What do you do for yourself? And, you know, I ask this in a topical sense, but I also ask it in, you know, a holistic sense. I, I always say everything is skincare. So what do you do for your, for your own skin? Yeah. Would you like me to go through my skincare routine and then like other things I do for my health? Yeah. Why don't we start with topicals? We can talk about your skincare routine and then we can kind of get into your broader wellness routine. Totally. So with my skincare routine in the morning, I wash my face. I typically just wash with water and I, I make it a point for it to be really cold just to wake me up. I actually had like OCD when I was little, <laughs> when I was like nine or 10. And I've been doing, I've been splashing my face with cold water since I was like nine or 10. It's like I have almost wow. my brain. I can't be awake unless I splash my face with cold water. <laughs> It's like, not. it feels so weird. I feel like my eyes look tired if I don't use cold water that morning. It's, it's kind of crazy. But anyway, so that's kind of like a, just like a, just a weird. 
um, um, quirky thing that I like. But quick anyway. follow-up question. Is there a reason that you only wash your face with water in the morning? <laughs> so I will sometimes wash with a cleanser. It depends on what products I use the night before. I do think that if you're not using things that are too heavy or, you know, you know if I'm using like, basically if I'm using like any petroleum jelly-based products, which I don't do that often, I, I do need a little extra help with a cleanser to remove that. But yeah, I mean, I, I think that it also is person dependent too. I mean, part of it is also kind of laziness. <laughs> Actually, like most of my cleansers are in the shower because at night I, I that's when I like wash my face with um, like I keep all my cleansers in the shower because it just it's just easier for me to do that. So, yes, part of it is laziness. <laughs> that is a like, reason all in and of itself. Uh-huh. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. I do get it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But if I'm like, you know, splashing my face with water and I just feel like there's still stuff on there. Yes, of course, I'll reach for the cleanser and clean it. And and I do still tell people to use a cleanser. You know, I do think that sometimes people do benefit with using a cleanser. Um, yeah, I would say those more with like combo or oily skin. I think it helps use a cleanser. Even it doesn't even have to be like just even a gentle cleanser or a hydrating cleanser. It doesn't have to be anything that's like strips your oil, obviously. So, yeah. So doing that. But I just find that people with oily skin like overnight, they, they can build up a little bit more of the film of oil on their skin. And so just just helping with yeah and then and then I use so I don't think this is essential but I am a fan of essence I just splash a little essence and then I follow that with a vitamin c product and currently on a kick with this brand called um Illumiere MD but I'm also a huge fan of skin better and skin suitables from a vitamin c drugstore brand I love Vichy and then I'll, depending on how dry or moist I feel I will use a moisturizer and I try to use like a moisturizer that has like peptides, just something with like a little extra anti-aging stuff in it. So I'm a big fan of like the Elastin Skin Restorative Complex. And then I will follow that with sunscreen. And I'm kind of neurotic with sunscreen. I will use a non-tinted sunscreen first because I feel comfortable putting that everywhere, my neck, my hands, my ears. And then I'll follow that with a tinted sunscreen just on my face. And I do that because just to ensure that I have decent coverage on my face and then tinted sunscreen can, can like, I think, it almost serves as like a foundation in a way. It, it sort of just makes things more even. And then tinted sunscreens have been shown to help with with hyperpigmentation. And I feel like I do deal with like hyperpigmentation. And there's so oh, many. interesting. I like yeah. that, that they deal with hyperpigmentation. Wow. It does. Yeah. The iron oxide ingredient in that's what gives tinted sunscreens the tint. And iron oxide has been shown to block visible light and visible light in in the light spectrum has been found to increase hyperpigmentation. Invisible light's also indoors too. So it's like, you can't escape. <laughs> sure. Yeah. So, and then there's so many, yeah, like I said, there's so many wonderful brands, a huge fan of Elta MD, La Roche-Posay, Skin Better, Dermatology Without the Vowels is a, is a brand that I've been really enjoying. So yeah, so I've been doing that. And then in the evening, I'm a big fan of double cleansing. So I'll use some type of balm, cleansing balm, or cleansing oil to remove my makeup. Currently, I'm using like the It Cosmetics. I think it's called like Bye Bye Makeup. Big fan. And then I follow that with a gentle cleanser. And I mean, I, you know, go between like La Roche-Posay's hydrating cleanser and um, like the Tatcha. There's a Tatcha rice enzyme cleanser that that was gifted to me that I I do really like. And then after that... I know which one you're talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's It's nice. Yeah. It is nice. And then, you know, I do like to incorporate some type of exfoliation into one's routine it may not be like every day and it's also exfoliating agent dependent if it's gentle it's something that you could potentially use every day so so i've been really enjoying the philosophies it's the micro delivery resurfacing solution okay amazing why do you like it so so it's 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 a low enough amount of alpha hydroxy acids a mixture of glycolic and lactic acid so so lactic acid is a little bit more gentle on the skin than glycolic acid, but it but both of them are at a low percentage, so it's very tolerable for most skin types. And then I feel like I would like something like that just because my skin is so sensitive. I feel like I can't use anything with too too crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I mean, that's the other thing too. So it has like other nourishing ingredients, like it has hyaluronic acid, it has peptides, it has sica, which is like from the centella. Asiatica plant, which has like very soothing properties. There's also a little bit of vitamin C. So, I mean, it has a lot of wonderful properties. So it's out of like all the exfoliating agents out there, like this one's very 
nourishing and, and actually like rehydrates your skin. So, so I really enjoy it. Um, I may not use it. I, I think it's fine to use every night, but depending on like what retinoid I'm using, if it's a stronger retinoid, I may like alternate with the exfoliating product. But yeah, but if I'm using like more of a retinol, that's a little bit more gentle. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll use them both together. So yeah. So in terms of my retinoid, so that's, so my next step is the retinoid. Well, well, I'll, I'll sometimes put the essence on after that. And then I'll use a retinoid. There's a retinol that I've been really enjoying by a company called Underskin. It's their advanced retinol restorer just because it has some other ingredients to help with hyperpigmentation. And it's, it's, it's gentle. And then I'm also kind of switching up between that and prescription tretinoin. And then, yeah, and then I'll finish off with moisturizer. I sometimes use like two moisturizers. Okay, so... I've been playing around with like the Augustine Bader. Yeah, that famous. <laughs> yes, yes. I admit it was also gifted to me. A lot of these products have been gifted. So, but yes, that one's lovely. It's, it's, it's wonderful. So, so I use that and I'm just trying to think because I'm like, I'm like playing around with so many products. When somebody asks me what I use on my skin, it's like, it's like somebody asked me what I use on my own skin. And it's like, I've never heard of a beauty product in my entire life. It's like my brain just goes blank. And I'm like, I have no idea what I use actually. So I think you have so much better than I do. Okay. Okay. So I was like, I, yeah, when I was traveling, I was using the underskin like peptide youth balm or whatever it's called. But like, since I've gotten back this week, I've been using the first aid beauty, like it's oh, short green. They have yeah. this wonderful firming cream. Yeah. So, so, so that one's really nice too. So yeah, that's kind of like a basic, well, I don't know if that, that's not basic at all, but that's just a, generally what I eat. A little snapshot for sure. No, I mean, that's a really impressive lineup of a lot of really good products. I, I, so many of the brands you mentioned that I'm already fans of. So I'm sure people are going to be, I'll make sure to put all of that in the show notes. So no one has to, you know, go back and write all these down and then yeah and then also the so beyond skin wellness stuff or what I try to do incorporate into a routine I'm actually going to try to post a video on this but in the morning I try to wake up early enough where I could do all these things sometimes I don't successfully do this but after I wake up I so actually I do my skincare in steps like I I do like my cold water I do the vitamin c and oh, I forgot about eye cream too. Yeah, I'm a huge fan of eye cream. I'm team eye cream. There's there's actually some controversy about eye cream in the in the there, there is. And I gotta tell you, I was um not pro eye cream. I was like, that sounds like a stupid step. Why would I do that? And then I hit 30 and I said, Whoa, <laughs> mm-hmm. I need an eye cream. Yeah, yeah. I think the eye area does need like a little extra TLC because aging yeah. does for earliest around the eyes. And then like other things like puffiness, bags, like all those things just become more accentuated too as time goes on. So yeah, so I, I use an eye cream. Actually, there's there's one by Rock over the counter. They're hydrating. It's like they're hydrating, pumping something cream. I Sorry, I don't even remember what it is off the top of my head, but I've been really enjoying that. And then I've also been using Amapel there their eye cream is excellent. But after I use an eye cream, I'm also a huge fan of like the Dew. I don't know if you've heard the brand Dew, D-I, D-I, um, E-U-X. Okay. E-U-X. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. They have like these reusable silicone, um, eye patches. So I, so, so yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll put on, um, vitamin C, and I forgot to add it. Sometimes also do like a, a skin lightening ingredient. So I'll use like discoloration defense by skin suitable. So I'll do that. And then I'll do my eye cream and the eye patches. And I let all that soak in and I make tea and it's a toss up between like rooibos tea. Yeah. Something I tr- I'm trying to avoid caffeine. I just hate like my relying on it so much. I've been relying on caffeine for like 20 years. So I'm like, okay, let me just like not have to feel like I need it all the time. So yes, yeah, but some, some type of tea that I feel like can give me some energy. And then, and then I set aside about 15 minutes to, to read and meditate. So when I, when I say read, I have like this daily, it's, I guess it's like a daily devotional book where it's, so it's just a, just a short paragraph for every day, which just kind of shifts your perspective a little bit and gets me kind of in the right mind to meditate. So I read that and then I try to meditate, yeah, for like 10 to 12 minutes or so where I'm just like focusing on my breath and then, and you know, it kind of sets the tone. It kind of gets me like set for the day in a way. And then after that, I do stretches because I think that also like energizes me and I just do that for like five minutes. And there's this YouTuber 
her name's like Maddie Morrison, I think she's German, but, but so I, I use her videos where it's just music, where there's no talking and she's excellent. So I, I really enjoy her stuff. And then after that, I will, I'll, I'll do the rest of my skincare. And then I will, if, if I have time that morning, I, I may make like, I'll, I'll juice something, but for breakfast, yeah, I typically do like oatmeal or smoothie. And then I try to like exercise three days, three to four days a week, whether in, it's usually either like yoga or there's this really cool trainer who I go to who does like super slow movements. So it's all weighted cool. machines. and like you're, you're on that machine for two minutes, but you're going so slow and you feel like there's lava pouring down like your thighs and you like want to die. Um, but yeah, so you're going like super, super slow. Feels super fine. <laughs> yeah. The best thing about it is that it's only like 15 to 20 minutes. And he says just oh, once a week. It's okay. amazing. I could do that. <laughs> At first I was like, and that sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. No, no, it, it does sound horrible. But yeah, it's it's fine when it's like only 15 to 20 minutes a week. And then I am also a member of a CrossFit gym, but I totally, I, I, I actually personally think CrossFit is like very stressful on the body. So I don't know if I'm like a huge, huge fan of it, but but I go because my husband goes there and he motivates me to go. And so I just like scale all the workouts. Like I do like just a fraction of the weight that's recommended. <laughs> I like that. All right. Well, we got the full lineup and then some. I I love everything, all of the tips that you gave us. I I think I heard some new products that I haven't tried. So I will be trying those. And I just, I really appreciate you coming on and chatting with me about this. I, I really appreciate your insight. And, you know, I just, I love finding other skincare fans who, who view similarly that I do that there's, you know, there's both, there's room for, for both, both views. So thank you so much. Oh my gosh. Thanks so much for having me. And like I said, I've been such a longtime fan of Mind Body Green. And I love that. Yeah. I mean, just having this intellectual conversation about, you know, both sides, mainstream and holistic. I think someone's got to have it. So let's start it. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you again. I appreciate it. Hey everyone, thank you so much for coming by and listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode and you like this podcast in general, don't forget to rate and review us and I will see you next week.